Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. At no time in the 20 seconds that we saw where he was threatening the officers in any kind of way. I guarantee you right now, there's cars moving, not just narcotics, but human beings for profit. It's not a Republican recall, it's the people's recall. He's got to stick to the climate stuff. we got to be very careful. We don't have this guy sticking his nose into the, any of the work happening with Iran. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. And uh, unfortunately, North Carolina is continuing to make national news not in a good way. Tom and uh, Benny and Clark with you on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. This just in from the News and Observer as the national attention is looking at North Carolina Uh, Roy Cooper is calling for a special prosecutor to investigate. This would help assure the community and Mr. Brown's family that a decision on pursuing criminal charges is conducted without bias, Cooper said in a statement released Tuesday afternoon. This position is consistent with the change in law recommended by our task force for racial equity and criminal justice, which calls for a special prosecutor in police police shootings. Uh, I'm sorry, that whole paragraph is an oxymoron, and I'm all for having a fair investigation. But this idea that Cooper comes out and says uh, it will be conducted without bias, and the next sentence is uh, because this is what our racial equity and criminal justice uh, bill calls for. Uh, Look, I, I, I guarantee you anything that's called the Racial Equity and Criminal Justice Act is so biased to the left, it's not funny. Yeah, and Roy Cooper, I mean, his first statement, uh, or tweet, I guess tweet last week was, you know, initial, initial reports out of Elizabeth City is extremely concerning. The body camera footage should be made public as quickly as possible, and the SBI should investigate thoroughly to ensure accountability. Well, Sheriff Tommy Wooten of Pasquotank County had already Said had that. a press conference yeah. and called in the SBI, had the SBI at the very first press conference um, after it happened. So Cooper... I mean, he should have stepped in from day one and said, hey, the process has started because um, he can't just pass the buck into, to when it's politically expedient for him to jump in. Well, the good news is we, we all can rest easy now because William Barber is up in Elizabeth City. So he <laughs> and other, other, quote, faith leaders <laughs> is uh, the formerly big Al Sharpton up there. I'm sure he is. And the currently big William Barber. The Wee Willie Barber is on scene. Well, the buffet business will be good. (laughs) (laughs) No, it won't be good. He might bankrupt it. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Cooper also said, uh, this this is irritating, that he will, Cooper is basically propagating this line. And look, I don't know whether these deputies are guilty or not. That's the point. Nobody does. Exactly. But he's continued to propagate the line from the attorneys for the family of Andrew Brown that, quote, a shot, a kill shot to the back of the head is what took Andrew Brown. Uh, a, a total irresponsibility. But listen, it, this is typical Democrat. This is their way of pushing this we hate the police narrative, this, uh, you know, critical race theory nar- nar- uh, narrative, this social justice narrative. And at the same time, they want to be liked by the media and be portrayed in a good good way in the media. So. Josh Stein and uh, Roy Cooper are calling for this uh, 
unbiased investigation. Uh, Josh Stein is going to be unbiased. That's that's the first I've heard of that. Uh, the FBI has launched a federal civil rights investigation into the shooting of Andrew, Dram, uh, Andrew Brown Jr. by the Pasquotank County deputies. FBI spokeswoman Shelley Lynch confirmed to the News and Observer today the investigation by FBI's Charlotte Field Office. Agents will work closely with the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of North Carolina and the Civil Rights Division at the Department of Justice to determine whether federal laws were violated, Lynch said. As this is an ongoing investigation, we cannot comment further. Now, um, there are cooler heads in our state government that uh, have spoken out in a very balanced way. Earlier today, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson was a guest on Newsmax. Uh, This is not the entire interview. This is about two and a half minutes of this interview where Mark Robinson spoke to the issues that were taking place in Elizabeth City. This is what I'm going to say about this case. And uh, and I say this to everyone involved. I say this to the people of North Carolina. We need to slow down and allow the justice system to take its course. We saw with the George Floyd, uh, with what happened with George Floyd, the justice system worked. Derek Chauvin was fired, then he was tried, and then he was convicted. We could have saved ourselves a lot of misery if we had simply allowed the justice system to work. And I am imploring the people of North Carolina, allow that to happen in this case. I have full confidence that the folks in Pasquotank County, the sheriff, uh, the district attorney, will do the right thing. But we have to allow that process to take place. We cannot rush to judgment. Rushes to judgment cause riots and they cause more misery. Let the justice system work, and I believe that it's, this thing will turn out uh, the way it should. And again, in this case, we we're, we don't know what happened yet, and I, I would implore people to find out what happened before they do that. I understand that the family is very upset, and my prayers, my heartfelt prayers, go out to the to the family, and and I pray that they uh, uh, find a sense of justice. And if wrongdoing was done, I'm sure that's what will happen. But here's the thing with these celebrities and some of these uh, elected officials, who's there, it should be their absolute responsibility to call for calm. If you notice. We don't ever hear them talk about the real cases of execution. Right here in North Carolina, a seven-year-old girl, a seven-year-old girl was murdered by a man who was angry apparently because her mother cut him off in traffic. An incident of road rage, and this man took the life of a seven-year-old child right here in this state. I don't hear any elected officials calling out for justice for this family or even mentioning this family. This story is hardly getting any news coverage. No, I haven't heard in about Chicago, it. In Chicago, yeah. we saw a seven-year-old child in Chicago murdered in line in, at the drive through at McDonald's. We're not getting any coverage on that case. I have not heard LeBron James or any other high celebrity, uh, high uh, high-profile celebrity say anything about those case, those cases. Those are the things that we need to be highlighting. Should we talk about police brutality? Absolutely. But we also need to be talking about the, the amounts of outrageous crimes in some of these same neighborhoods that is going unnoticed by our elected officials and by these same uh, loudmouth celebrities that we see every time when things like this happen. Loudmouth celebrities. Thank you, Mark <laughs> Robinson, our lieutenant governor. It's amazing. He's the only one in state executive office that will speak the truth. Yeah. Our governor will not. Uh, you know, here's the other thing, too. Uh, you know, Ben Crump is basically a high-profile million-dollar ambulance chaser. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just up there, got all the, well, you know, I don't know how many millions for the George Floyd family. And 27. now he, 27 million. Mm-hmm. And now he is down here. Look, he's an ambulance chaser. And what will serve the narrative for him to get millions? And, you know, I mean, I guess the, he gets the general 33%. Who knows how much he gets? I, I would suspect that's what it is. So he's, it is money in his pocket to vilify the police department. And fan the flames. And fan the flames. He was born in Lumberton, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. Hmm. Lumberton, I don't know if they uh, claim him or not, but... Uh, the News and Observer is uh, reporting that Democrat House and Senate members want to repeal North Carolina law that requires a court order to view body-worn camera footage captured by law enforcement. No doubt this came out uh, as a result of what happened in Elizabeth City. The call for change comes as protesters line the city, uh, the streets of the city of Elizabeth City. It's more... It's also more than unfortunate that the death of Mr. Brown and the actions of authorities afterwards have clearly demonstrated the inadequacy and fallacies of our current body cam release laws, said Representative Amos Quick, a Guilford County Democrat, in a news conference this morning. Now, how, how do you know that? Look, I am not saying that the police are innocent, but how do you know that? What special information have you been given that, I, I mean, and... and it it had it often happens. I'm getting frustrated here. It often happens that these claims are made, and then guess what? It turns out that all the claims made by the left aren't true. I don't know if they're if if what the deputies. I said it just a few minutes ago. I'll say it again. I don't know that the deputies are innocent or guilty. And but you don't either. No. So why are you making these claims? And what's so bad about it? Um, Roy Cooper and Josh Stein should, they should have came out day one and said, look, we've got to follow the rule of law. We don't get to pick and choose yep. what the law prevails in this just because it's getting national attention. National attention has nothing to do with it. You follow the law. And the law is, so far, they've been handling the case exactly the way the law says. They don't release the video unless a court order or a judge says so. If you don't like that law, change it. But don't come out as the governor and the attorney general, both which are attorneys, one governor, obviously a former attorney general, and say, okay, let's have a special rule right now. It's, huh. it's ridiculous. Yeah, based based on what happened just a few days ago. Yeah, you just can't pick and choose that each case. You have to follow the rule of law. And again, said this the other day, but you, know, you had the Columbus video, the Columbus police officer. And by the way, this guy, Ben Crump, was the same guy that came out, he's up there now, chasing ambulances in Elizabeth City. He's the same guy that came out in the Columbus shooting and said that the, the woman who lost her life, the young lady who lost her life, Bryant, was 15 years old and she was unarmed. Mm-hmm. Both of those. And he, and he, no, no, he went back and he deleted his tweet after he was caught. But both of those things were incorrect. And both of those things had the potential to immediately cause a riot in Columbus. I'm not just saying people would be upset. I mean, that is, that is malfeasance of the worst sort. And it, if, quite frankly, if something had erupted, and it could have, it very well could have within, within minutes or hours, the way people respond, I mean, w- would there not be criminal charges brought against mm-hmm. this guy? Well, you know, one thing, and I, and I feel for the family, regardless of— Oh, absolutely. Regardless of what happened— uh, a family lost a family member. 
Um, but, you know, for them to sit here and say, and, and they're being fueled by Ben Crump and, what, five other attorneys that all of a oh, sudden yeah. flew all, in. All, and they had all their up there interest. with their palms out. But for them to say, hey, you know, Mr. Brown or my father was innocent. He was innocent until proven guilty. Well, you know what? The same applies to the police and yeah. the cops. <laughs> they're innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. You don't get to pick and choose when the law prevails, whether innocent prevails or not. But re- they should just be quiet and let the process go through. And just like uh, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson says, let let the law. Yeah. Go. I mean, if, if they're if the deputies are guilty, they'll, they'll be. If they're guilty, I say you know prosecute. They'll be to, brought to, to justice. Yeah. To the fullest extent of the law. Getting back to this uh, this bill on the uh, body camera, you know the, that they, they want to immediately, regardless, we should immediately see see what the footage says. It's uh, House Bill six ninety eight and Senate Bill five ten brought forward by by uh, Democrats. Uh, Jay Chinarty said studies have shown that body cameras reduce officer misconduct and use of force and body cameras reduce citizens' complaints against law officers uh, by 90%. Well, have you ever stopped to think that perhaps the complaints go down because the videos prove that there's no there there and that the people that would be bringing the complaints would say, well, they got video of it. I guess I, I shouldn't make a complaint because I look like a fool. I mean, it's it's. I mean, yeah. the, the the insinuation from the left is, well, if we have these body cameras and if we immediately see the video, that means the police will behave themselves. Actually, studies have shown that nine times out of ten, if not more, the body uh, the the cameras the body cameras show that the police followed the law properly. Well, I'm fully in favor of body cams, and I'm, I'm in favor of them getting released as soon as the law allows it. But, you know, and that, as you said, don't change the rules in the middle of the stream. Any, yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with this case. But just look at the Michael Brown case in Ferguson, Missouri, that started a lot of this. Well, so many things were said. You know, the the, uh, the they fanned the flames up there in Ferguson, Missouri. Hands up, don't shoot. That Hands was a up, lie. don't shoot, which was a lie. And then when they actually had the full investigation by Obama's Justice Department, uh, not one yeah. witness corroborated any of the information yep. that was out there in the lies. Yep. But did President Obama or anyone else come back out and say, hey, my Justice Department investigated this? You heard nothing from nothing. the Obama administration. We've got to take a time out. Stay with us. More news and views coming right up. Like our southern border. President Biden's open border policy. The border to your town. What's happening at the border? Is wide open. It's wide open right now. Just comes right on through. Can't be stopped. Chaos. Chaos. Moving through right now. Sure. Crisis. A crisis. The caravans are lining up. Be prepared with Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Now back to news and views with Tom Lambert and Benny Hardy. new bumper there from uh, producer clark take a look at your weather forecast it is going to be nice most of the rest of this week uh tonight it'll be low around 59 uh wednesday a high near 85 with lots of sunshine a little breezy tomorrow night partly cloudy low around 63 then thursday mostly sunny with a high near 89 maybe we'll get to 90 i, I must be getting old the, the hot weather doesn't bother me nearly as much as the Cold weather in the winter bothers me. That's what old people say. Get off my lawn. 
Uh, weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining, and outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Our newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, join Ironwood, pay zero initiation fees, call 252-752-4653. Find out what makes Ironwood the best of Greenville, 252-752-4653. Be a part of the best, Ironwood Golf and Country Club. So UNC has made a new hire for their School of Journalism. Not good. The uh, glorification of history-mangling New York Times Magazine writer Nicole Hannah-Jones, she is the one who put together the 1619 Project that basically says colonial America, the only reason anybody came to this country is because they wanted to embrace and promote slavery. That's the whole reason. That's why the Pilgrims came. That's why Jamestown started. It was all about slavery. That's that's the whole premise of the 1619 Project in a nutshell. Uh, it, I mean, after the... Uh, New York Times brought a purchased a two million dollar ad during Oscars last year, uh, promoting the sixteen nineteen project. Uh, then just a few weeks later, they had to back down and said, "Oh, maybe not." Um, yeah, they they felt a lot of pressure. They they backed down, uh, and yet, who is the new hire at the UNC School of Journalism? None other than Nicole Hannah Jones, <laughs> the author of the sixteen uh, nineteen project. She is uh, going to be the new chair of the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation. Uh, the uh, Knight Foundation comes from the, uh, was it Knight Rider um, uh, Journalism or the, the, the newspaper mm. chain? Uh, it's, it's a part of the Knight Foundation, apparently. So um, in the press release, Hannah Jones proclaimed, I am grateful for the opportunity to give back by helping students pursue, pursue their dreams and learn how to practice the type of journalism that is truly reflective of our multiracial nation. Mm. Truly reflective. This is the person that wrote the fictitious 1619 Project, which promotes the, if you're white, you're guilty narrative, that if you're white, if especially if you're a white male, then, oh, you are a white supremacist. I mean, it just pushes that narrative, and she has the chutzpah to come out and say, oh, I'm going to promote journalism that is truly reflective of our multiracial nation, uh, which means she's going to come out and try to promote more people like herself that would project the 1619 Project. You know, she received her master's at uh, <clears throat> University of North Carolina, I think undergraduate at um, Notre Dame. And I was trying to see, I, I've had it at one time, but I don't think I have it on my phone, but you need to really read her article she wrote in the Notre Dame newspaper when she was at Notre Dame. Uh, and that will tell you all that you need to know about Nicole Hannah-Jones. See if you can find that. I'll see if I can find that. CNN is reporting, along with another media outlets, a lot of media outlets, I should say, Cherry Beasley, the first black woman to be North Carolina Supreme Court Chief Justice, has officially launched her 2022 Senate campaign today. She hopes to be the first black U.S. senator from North Carolina, 55 years old, and uh, she wants to be the replacement for Richard Burr. We'll see where that goes. Right now, uh, it's it's getting a little full. Um, you do have, um, on the Democratic side, 
You have uh, State Senator Jeff Jackson. He's announced he's going to run. Former State Senator Erica Smith said she's going to run. Uh, Dr. Richard Watkins and Beaufort Mayor Rhett Newton are going to run. Uh, CNN went out of its way to note that Erica Smith and Richard Watkins are both black, along with Sherry Beasley. The um, Cardinal Point Analytics did a survey back on April the 20th, which would have been, what, seven days ago, a week ago. Uh, they had, now this is it before Beasley even announced she would run, they had hers, the front runner in the Democrats, on the Democrat side, at 32.4%. Uh, Jeff Jackson at 264 Erica Smith at 16.0. And, and she ran last time, and um, she lost in the, in the primary to uh, the guy that had the sex scandal. Uh, Cunningham. 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 Yeah. How quickly we forget. Uh, Brett Newton. Uh, Cal's not running again. I wonder why. Uh, Brett Newton is <laughs> He's a, running from his wife. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he got a uh, pitching wedge in the back of the head like uh, Tiger did. Um, Brett uh, Newton is at 7.6% and uh, Watkins at 3.2%. Um, unsure or undecided is at 14.4%, which is, at, at this point, you're a year and a half away. That's not surprising. Over on the Republican side... Laura Trump, who has not announced that she's going to run, I, I just don't think she is. We'll see. She's at 36.4%. Pat McCrory at 36%. So Laura Trump's barely ahead, but she is ahead of uh, Pat McCrory just by a hair. Mark Walker, who we had on yesterday, is at 10.4%. Uh, I should say Ted Budd, 2.4%, and undecided, unsure, 148 Which, eh, I, I, I share that with you. It's pretty meaningless at this point. Uh, I mean, it's like, uh, okay, it's a long way away. I think it'll be Cherry Beasley from uh, you think she'll the Democrat prevail? side. Mm-hmm. Well, she's got, obviously, the best name recognition. We'll see. Uh, well, CNN reported it, you know, uh, as a major story in CNN today. So that tells yeah. me that, that tells me they got the Democrat uh, marching orders. So she, she, she will be it. Newsbusters is reporting, and I, I'll make a prediction right here, and it's, it's already started, so this is not a hard prediction. But liberals, they will now call for an investigation into the census. Their claim will be that Trump skewed the results on purpose. Uh, Good Morning America, just this morning, this was their reporting on, and, and listen carefully, but you'll, you'll see the insinuation that uh, we can't trust this census because red states increased, blue states decreased, and it's got to be because Donald Trump's corrupt. Some states are set to gain congressional seats, while others will lose seats. This was one of the most complicated head counts ever given the pandemic and the Trump administration's push to not have undocumented immigrants counted. The reason these numbers are so important is that they'll end up determining how more than a trillion federal dollars gets allocated and how you saw those congressional maps get drawn. The big impact, red states are basically going to pick up several seats. Democrats, blue states could potentially lose some. And ultimately, this could impact the midterm elections. New York, listen to this. If just 89 more residents had responded to the census they would not be losing that seat. Robin, there are big questions this morning about whether Latinos accurately participated in this census by the Trump administration. Some concerns they may have been scared off. Yeah. This is one of the most complicated headcounts ever, given the pandemic and the Trump administration's push to not have uh, not have undocumented immigrants counted. Um, yeah. 
do you count people that are here illegally? Do you, when you do a census, do you count people that uh, are visiting the United States at the time? Yeah. I don't think so. So why would you count undocumented people that aren't supposed to be here? They're here most likely temporarily. If, if we're following the law, they'd be here temporarily. I think our population's numbers are grossly understated. Always have thought that. Total population? Total or population. The, the, oh, okay. That's interesting. And I think the immigrant population is way understated. <laughs> it is interesting, though. And I mean, I talked about this yesterday, but uh, you know, this whole census thing. I mean, people are fleeing high-regulated, mm-hmm. undisciplined, overtaxed, lawless states. They're, they're fleeing it. They're saying enough. I'm out of here. And they're coming to more conservative states. The only state I was a little surprised that gained was Oregon. Portland, uh, you know, now, 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 I've never been out there. My understanding is if you get outside of Portland, it's a fairly conservative state. Just like every, just every western state, pretty much, yeah. uh, coastal western state. You get outside of Washington State, Oregon, California, same way. I mean, it's just, you know, they're controlled by the metro areas right. on the coastal. And that's exactly how the Democrats want to run things. They, yeah. wanted to, mm-hmm. they want to go to a, a pure uh, mob rule vote popular you know popular vote which is going to be mob rule uh the blaze is reporting that the washington post interestingly decided they will discontinue their presidential fact check after just a hundred days of joe biden's administration now what's interesting (laughs) about this is uh they were in full throttle when donald trump was there oh yeah they kept a running total according to them of what his lies were but now that Biden's in there and they're, well, you know what? We just can't afford to do it. It's just, you know, it's it's so expensive. And, you know, eh, Biden seems like he's a good guy. So, you know, we're just not going to do it. In a tweet thread that went out yesterday from fact check editor Glenn Kessler, he announced that while he and his team will continue to rigorously fact check Biden, oh, I'm sure you will, they will no longer maintain a database like they did under Trump. <laughs> the response was uh, rather appropriate. Uh, the Biden administration is over. Rest easy. Med- media critic Stephen Miller quipped, what an incredible 100 days of presidency. Come on, man, one commentator wrote. Go ahead and enjoy your four-year vacation. That uh, Thanks for confirming your bias. Four years vacation because blue team, another wrote. Hooray, standards, another Twitter wrote. If they don't come in double, how would you all operate? One commentator noted that no such database was in operation under the former Democratic President Barack Hussein Obama either. So Kessler should have been well-rested before Trump got in there. Uh, I thought you, uh, I would have thought the eight years, prostrate years before Trump would have left you sufficiently rested. You know, I try to listen to the White House uh, press briefings daily if I can. I'll flip it on while I'm working and um I'll circle around back to you on Yeah, that. I'll circle back to you on it. I'll circle back on that one. But you would think I mean I really thought after a hundred days you would get more challenges out of the press, but still on a daily basis it's Peter Ducey. Peter Ducey and against the world. Yep. It's just amazing to me the things that they don't question yeah, on I, I I've got to give Peter Ducey kudos on this too. He just because, got married this weekend by Oh the way. did he? Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. congratulations Peter Ducey. Fox Business reporter. I mean, when he, when he started out, uh, you know, he's the son of Steve Ducey. Everybody knows that. The guy that's on Fox and Friends in the morning. 
And when he started out, I thought, well, you know, Steve Ducey does a good job, so we'll we'll give your son a break. But I tell you what, the the young man is in there asking tough questions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I give him. I mean, he's he deserves that that job. He's yeah. the only one in there asking tough questions. So kudos to Steve, and congratulations on uh, your new marriage. Um. This is an interesting story out of, um, well, a a couple of interesting audit stories. Uh, Up in Wyndham, New Hampshire, the town of Wyndham has uh, decided they are going to um, make a choice for someone to come in and analyze the, uh, for the forensic audit team, you know, in in that area of uh, New Hampshire, it was the largest discrepancy between machine and hand counts for any election in the history of New Hampshire. So the town of Wyndham has uh, chosen someone to analyze the uh, discrepancy. And then Secretary of State William Gardner and uh, New Hampshire Attorney General will pick a second analytical company. And then I think there's a third that's going to be chosen as well. So they're going to come in, they'll do an, an analysis and uh, find out Governor Sununu said it needs to be completed within 45 days. So that's going to go ahead and proceed. And then in Arizona, now this is, this is just a strange story in Arizona. The, the Democrats came in and they started screaming and hollering that they didn't want the audit in Maricopa County to take place. And there was a judge out there, I think his name was... Uh, Connor or something along those lines. I, I don't have it written down here in front of me, but he came out and he said, okay, um, here's the deal. Uh, after the Gem- Democrats asked this judge to put an end to the audit, the judge ordered the company to follow ballot and voter secrecy laws and demanded they turn over written procedures and training manuals before a hearing Monday on the Democrats' request. He, however, offered to pause the count over the weekend if Democrats posted a $1 million bond to cover added expenses. The party declined. Uh, Then this judge recused himself after he um, made this announcement. He recused himself because one of the attorneys was an intern in his office within the last five years. So he recused himself. Now, if I, I mean, I, that's that's the noble thing to do. But the problem is they turn around and the new judge assigned to the case was appointed by Janet Napolitano. <laughs> yeah, the same Janet Napolitano that was in the Obama administration. Yeah, that'd be a clue, I think. Now, here, here's my question, though. If this guy is going to recuse himself because he had an attorney, I don't know which side the attorney was on, whether he's a Republican or Democrat representing which side. But if he's if he's going to recuse himself, shouldn't the judge recuse himself? I, I now they say, well, you know, he can't help who who appointed him. But listen, do you think this is going to be a fair decision by this judge? I no. guarantee you, right now, this judge is going to is going to shut this down. Guarantee it. I'd say let's just get a judge from another state. <laughs> you don't, you don't well, be I impartial, mean, you know. And listen, um, 
the president, the former president, Donald Trump, I mean, he just came out and uh, blistered the Democratic Party. And I think he's right. I mean, he said, have they gone totally insane? The radical left Democratic Party has absolutely gone insane in fighting the forensic audit of the 2020 presidential election scam right now taking place in the great state of Arizona. Uh, They sent a team of over 100 lawyers to try and stop it because they know that the results of the Arizona Senate-sponsored audit, what they will be, and it won't be good for the Dems. And listen, I, I, I've got to, I mean, I know that our former president, you know, he likes to tweet a lot of outrageous things, but why are the Democrats, I mean, it's done, right? It's finished. I mean, your guy's the president. Why are you so worried that this audit will show that there was corruption there? You know, the funny part is, in the 2016, after the 2016 election, for the next two years, they pushed a phony Russian hoax narrative, and about the you know the security uh, of our elections and how how important the security of our elections were. And now all of a sudden in 2020, oh, there's nothing wrong here. We don't need to investigate yeah. anything. Oh yeah, you really yeah. got to be pretty darn stupid not to see what's happening here. Well, there's a group of one of the one of the auditors in that uh, situation in Maricopa County, Arizona, is Cyber Ninjas. They began the manual recount on Friday, and uh, chances are that uh, even with this former judge recusing himself, chances are they could be done by the time this new judge takes over. Let's hope so. Hmm. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. What happened then? Derek Michael Chauvin, guilty. Crisis at the border. What's happening now? 200 million shots. Violent rioting. Systemic racism. Justice in Policing Act. Deadly force can be the response. Your station for what's happening next and online. Justice in America. The sentence is actually handed down. People get vaccinated. Danger of the surge coming up. At encnewsandviews.com. We're entering a new phase. How did we get here? And here's what we know. The information. Here's Tom and Benny with more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So we were talking earlier in the program about Nicole Hannah-Jones joining the UNC Journalism School. Went back and did a little digging. Uh, Benny uh, found a couple of articles. There's an article from June 25th in The Federalist of last year, June 25th of 2020, in Racist Screed, New York Times 1619 Project Founder Calls White Race Barbaric Devils, Bloodsuckers, Columbus No Different Than Hitler. The uh, article goes on to say, in an indication of what is to come, the founder of the New York Times 1619 Project penned a lengthy racist screed attacking all people in 1995. Nicole Hannah-Jones, the lead essayist in the New York Times Magazine's 1619 Project, wrote a letter to the editor in the Notre Dame's The Observer stating that, the quote, the white race is the biggest murderer, rapist, pillager, and thief in the modern world. Hannah-Jones claimed that the actions of European settlers and explorers, such as Christopher Columbus, were acts of devils and likens them to Hitler. The Whites' lasting monument was the destruction and enslavement of two races of people, Hannah-Jones wrote. Hannah-Jones claims Africans arrived in North America long before Europeans, 
but that unlike Europeans, Africans befriended and traded with the indigenous people. She claims pyramids in Mexico are symbols of, of said friendship. <laughs> Where does she get this? I mean, this is laughable. She then moves to present and argues that white people today still take advantage of other people. The descendants of these savage people, talking of the whites, uh, pump drugs and guns into the black community, pack black people into the squalor of segregated urban ghettos, and continue to be bloodsuckers in our community, she writes. She ends her letter by pitying the author she was responding to and claiming that white people still struggle with the supremacy complex. But after everything that those barbaric devils did, I do not hate them, she wrote. Oh, okay, never mind. I understand that because of some lacking, they needed to constantly prove their superiority. (laughs) The Times did not respond for a request to comment on whether their employee maintained these beliefs. This is the individual who says, as she accepts this chair at the UNC School of Journalism, she says, I want to help bring up students that will truly reflect our multiracial nation. Mm. Wow. She went on to say in that original article, why can't we all just This get is the Notre Dame article. The Notre Dame article. She says, why can't we all just get along? Why? Because white America's dream is colored America's nightmare. That's UNC School of Journalism. Yeah, there you go. Hey, we got to take another time out when we get back. Uh, Mike Pompeo has had enough of John Kerry. He says the guy's got to go. We'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. It is uh, nine minutes before the top of the hour. A number of media outlets are reporting that former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and Republican foreign policy leaders in Congress are demanding a formal investigation into John Kerry following revelations he informed Iranian leaders about covert Israeli military operations. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, but it is just ratcheted up big time today with a number of... Now, again, the Republicans don't control the Senate or the House, so... Unfortunately, this will not go anywhere. But as I said yesterday, uh, could we get the FBI on this as quickly as they got on General Michael Flynn? Mm. Yeah. Um, I mentioned yesterday about the relationship. Uh, I, I, re- I remember it was stuck in the back of my mind. I looked it up today. The relationship, the marriage relationship between John Kerry and the Iranians. Oh, his daughter married an Iranian, I believe. His daughter married an Iranian. His daughter's name is Vanessa. She married an Iranian national and physician. His best man at the ceremony is the son of Havad Sarif, Iran's minister of foreign affairs. Now, Sarif is the same guy that has leaked this information. Well, I don't know if he leaked it or somebody else leaked it, but he was the guy that was saying in these leaked audio tapes that John Kerry over 200 times had passed on information concerning Israel's actions in Syria. Mm-hmm. And this is top-secret information. I mean, if this is true, John Kerry, uh, A, he needs to be investigated, but, you know, it's, it's going to be more than just him getting off the Intelligence Committee and being booted out as the czar of climate change. 
You could be talking about, now I know nothing happened with Hillary, so why should anything happen to John Kerry? But he very well could be uh, found uh, negligence or, or maybe it wasn't negligent. I mean, that's how, that's how uh, Hillary got off, right? Could be treasonous. Could be treasonous. Well, you know, he's got a history of colluding with the enemy, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was the same thing, yeah, with Vietnam. That was uh, <laughs> questionable back then. You know a little lighter story about John Kerry's daughters? I don't know if you remember when they came and, and campaigned for him in Greenville back in— I do not. I, I remember he was running, but I do well, not remember that. There was a—I believe it was in the student newspaper, um, and they, they spoke at East Carolina— and there were some young college students, you know, they're creative and don't care what people think. There were some guys right on the front row holding signs that said, Bush girls are hotter. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that. thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, well, I saw some pictures of the wedding, and they were right. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. Uh, but no. Um, well, they had the John Kerry nose, I hate to say it. But, you know. <laughs> uh, what did Rush call him, old horse face? Uh, Ted Cruz said Kerry was caught repeatedly meeting with Zareff and— uh, during the Trump administration, notwithstanding the Logan Act. And again, I mean, this is exactly what they went after Michael Flynn on the Logan Act. And, you know, if you look up the Logan Act, you ought to see a picture of John Kerry next to it. Um, Mike McCall out of uh, Texas, he is the lead Republican on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, demanded the State Department quickly, carefully, craftily find out exactly what happened here. It, I, I'm unfortunate it will go nowhere. But that it's not going to go anywhere. I mean, they, they, look, the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, she could care less about true justice. Oh, no. And, and it's amazing to me that the media is just quiet on this. You know, other than Fox News and Newsmax and, you know, the typical yeah. conservative well, news I mean, what, what, did they say anything about Hunter Biden when the president, no. you know, when the current president was running? <laughs> but I, I went to CNN today looking for this story, and it's like, you couldn't find it. You know? Really? Yeah. It's not, you know, it's just, nah. Greg Jarrett is reporting that um, there are new photos that have been released. They showed up in the publication The Sun, which is a U.K. publication, with uh, Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein with former President Bill Clinton. Apparently these uh, are, I I don't know how they were uh, subdued. Well, like everything else, uh, what you just said, the the left-wing media just uh, sort of shoved them under the carpet. But uh, Jeffrey Epstein, who Bill Clinton said, why? I didn't even know the guy. There are pictures of Epstein and Maxwell in the White House shaking the president's hand. And uh, apparently they contributed when they uh, redid the Oval Office and his presidency. And uh, I don't know. I mean, he doesn't seem to have to explain much. I guess they call him Slick Willie for a reason. The look he had on his face was kind of disturbing to me. Bill Clinton, I mean, he had this look like 14. Let me think about it. (laughs) I mean, really, it looked kind of disturbing. Hey, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody.